Healing from Within with your host, Tony Valen. So I want to welcome to the show uh, Joe McQuillan. He is the author of We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. So this is a very interesting book, and it's one that actually touches me and my heart because that's the way my journey began. But uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. appreciate you having uh, having me on to tell our story. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question that in case someone doesn't know about you or your book, uh, where and how did your journey begin? Well, this is actually the second book. And the first one was my search for Christopher on the other side. And uh, this is a follow up. And, uh, you know, and I'm, on, I'm working on a third book. And as you can tell by the, the title, We're Not Done Yet, Pop. Um, I thought it was one and done. And, and our story was told. And then Christopher informed me that we weren't. And, uh, and so I just followed breadcrumbs. So, uh, you know, the story started, um, it, uh, it, my son was home for Christmas in uh, December of 2015. And so the last weekend, um, he was a college boy, 21 years old. Uh, and, and he was, uh, you know, uh, working at getting a special ed degree and, um, having a nice time. And he was home for Christmas. We had, had a great Christmas. Thank God. A phenomenal Christmas. And the last weekend before they were all going back, uh, uh, on uh, January 2nd, they, uh, a dozen of them were going up to one of their friends, beach houses, uh, about an hour north in Wisconsin, Lake Pula, and kick up their heels a little bit and raise a little heck and uh, and come home the next day. And they were all spending the night. And, and Sally and I were kind of relieved. Last weekend was in this bucolic setting and not in this city in an urban setting. And we thought it was less trouble. And, uh, and the next morning I was uh, I was setting up, watch, getting ready to watch. A, uh, I grew up in Buffalo and my boys were our big Buffalo Bills fans. So we we're going to watch the Bills game. And, and Chris was supposed to be home before kickoff. And as we were prepping, I texted, where are you, buddy? What's going on? And I got a text from his friend, the young man whose parents owned the lake house, that said, Mr. McHugh, Chris and three friends are missing. So I uh, you know, threw on a jacket and grabbed my Labrador, threw her in the car and, and, and started heading up north. And and halfway, and Tony, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I believe I was gonna find him in a boathouse with a co-ed or somebody else's house sleeping on a couch. I had no uh, indication that the next phone call was gonna be the one that said uh, that uh, it was no longer a search but a recovery. That all four boys who had gone out had drowned. So what happened at three o'clock in the morning, three forty-seven to be exact, because Chris told me that later on. Um, you know, he and three friends walked by a boathouse, jumped in a canoe with uh, unlaced Timberland boots and, and layered clothing and a snoot full of alcohol and fro partially frozen lake and paddled out and all four of them drowned that day. Um, you know, so I got the call and, and uh, that said he was gone. And uh, i tell you what, what, help, help with, what helped with the search, Tony, was that 16 years before on a lark, some kind of lark because I wasn't a metaphysical guy. I went and saw the medium and the meeting was rather mundane and I wasn't really too connected to it. And, uh, and right before it ended, she said, by the way, your dad's here and he's showing me a caboose and he's telling me railroad. Now my dad spent 40 years on the railroad. I'm the youngest of 10 kids. All, every one of the boys worked on the railroad during school. 
And we were a railroad family back home. I'm in Florida at my sister's, who's also on the other side with Chris. Um, and there's a, on my bookcase is a, is a railroad lantern uh, from the Canadian Pacific Railroad caboose. And we were a railroad family. So that stuck with me. It's like, huh, you know, no, no miracle answers, no answers to the universe. But he just told me he was there. So I, you know, I put that kind of in a mental uh, bookcase and file cabinet. And 16 years later, I'm driving up to Lake Beulah. I got the thought that, wait a minute, if my dad, if Iron Joe is somewhere, that he can connect with me, then there's no doubt my kid's with my son. My boy is with him. I just got to figure it out. And that started my search, Tom. Wow. Yeah. Um, and what does the rest of your family think of the journey? And, you know, what what was I mean, I can imagine the, the grief of losing yeah. your child and losing someone so close. I mean, your wife, was she on board from the get go or, or how did she what happened? Yeah, she had a spiritual bent to her. She's a therapist. Brilliant woman and she's actually coming out with her first book pretty soon about raising a, a wonderful and yet um, you know difficult child you know and uh, and she once said it was like it was like trying to hold water in your hands to try to keep him around and uh, and so she had a spiritual bent and 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 my kids um, you know have have kind of signed on my daughter is a little more reticent she's still six years later angry at Chris she said to me and she's 25 and she said to me, you know, we were finally getting close and he left me, you know, so she hasn't been able to get past that hurt. William, her little brother, who's 21, he's at Boulder and uh, and he signed on completely, gone to see mediums, brought friends to mediums, wrote a chapter in the second book for me that was you know, and, and, and it's brilliant. It's called The First or the Worst. Um, and he's, he's on completely. Uh, so Sally actually, you know, went and saw uh, Rebecca Rosen and, 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 and flew to Denver. And a friend of hers had arranged a, a small group meeting with Rebecca Rosen. And literally, you know, two months after Christopher transitioned. So Sally's completely on board, uh, 100%. And she wants to know what he said. Well, you know, and he's around her a lot. Uh, but I'm given this gift of being able to connect with him through spirit writing. Similar to channel writing, but I know what I'm writing, and uh, mm. and, and it comes through. And so she's always curious, uh, as painful as the subject always is, you know, when he said something or passed a message on, you know, she's completely on board and and knows. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Anybody who suffered a loss, I couldn't imagine what life would be like without the knowing that we're going to see them again and that they can connect with us. You know, I've been given this amazing gift of connecting. You know, but I think the deal is with the universe, with God, the source, is that I have to give it away to keep it. You know, and I think because look at me, I have a brush cut, kind of a bent nose. I don't look like a guy that would normally be talking to you while I have a candle and I've got sage and, and crystals. But I am that guy. You know, I'm a different guy than I was prior to January 3rd, 2016. So I, I pity anybody who thinks that it's all over when those kids are gone, you know when their children right. have left this this world, this room, this side. Yeah, and that, that was going to be one of my questions uh, to you, so that uh, what type of uh, how what type of person were you in, and how did you think of all this medium stuff? I know you talked about connecting with your dad or someone telling yeah. you about your dad, but what did you think of that back then before 
this happen to you? You know, I, I think it, I believed in God. I believed in heaven. That was about it. It's like believing in the secretary of the treasury. I mean, they exist. They just don't necessarily correspond with, with your day to day. Right. So I, you know, I was raised Catholic, 13 years of Catholic education. Um, the last one didn't work out well. They, they suggested I find a different university to attend. <laughs> and I did. Um, and so I had a bit of a spiritual bent, but it wasn't something that took my focus. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a driven guy, um, you know, um, business and, and being a father and, and you know, in hockey and in which I hung up my skates a few years ago, which is good. I'm 65. Um, you know, so it just never fit into my daily routine. I didn't doubt it. I just didn't need to believe in it yet, you know. But that all changed. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. So after connecting with, you know, with Christopher and, and getting all the information that you get, where do you think Christopher is now? Well, you know, I got to tell you, Christopher's told me this. And here's the thing. I, st I saw Thomas John on a small group meeting on a Zoom last night, right, sitting on the, on the Lanai. I'm down in Florida, in Lanai, and, and had a wonderful, this is my sister's house, and she came through. So I still tap into mediums. Um, I have a 3 a.m. session with Chris at least a couple days a month where he comes through, and it's literally dictation. It's not Q&A. He's telling me, and I'm reporting it to you. And he says things like, Tom, you know, you've got to get this out there, Dad, because of who you are, they'll listen to you. Um, and I think a lot of it means men maybe who don't have – almost the ability to grieve and allow to drop the rock, right? So it's kind of like breaking through to those guys. Um, so, you know, he, he still comes through to me. We still connect. We're, I know where he's at. He said to me, he said, Dad, your side is like, it's good. He said, it's good, but it's hard work. It's kind of like football camp. He said, you know, yeah, you sweat, you're, you're, you're physically exhausted, you're, you know, you're banged up, but you're with your friends and you're happy and it's fulfilling. He said, it's your side. My side is a beach bungalow in Maui. You know, so from what I've gathered, and I've done a lot of gathering, Tom, mm -hmm. uh, over the last six years, yeah. is that the other side, the heaven that we call it, or whatever you want to call it, um, is of our own making, what brings us joy. I know that he, his is tropical, and, uh, and I think I'll share that with him when I join him. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that any time that uh, we have, um, well, that when we go to the other side now, I, I myself, I, I have a connection, you know, doing mediumship myself. And the thing with me is that I've always run from it. So I try not to connect from it simply because I, I don't truly understand it. Or <laughs> I would prefer to have other people connect instead of me connect. But I can tell you that the times that I have connected with people, it's exactly what you said, yeah. that the other side is what you make of it, what you think it is. And the same with the the experience of crossing over. If if you go in fear, it's going to be a difficult crossing. And uh, the other thing I've also uh, discovered from, you know, people talking to me from the other side is that, and I don't know if this turned up, but this comes to me that when we do cross over to the other side, it's like we go into a hospital on the other side to recover from whatever tragedy or illness that we passed from. And until we're fully recovered, then we can, you know, we can continue on with the other side. 
That's right. so amazing, Tony. Because I got to tell you, this isn't in either book yet because this happened after. My beloved sister, who was Christopher's godmother, died mm -hmm. of cancer. She suffered five years, lived the life the way she wanted to live, tried to, you know, did treatment, did everything, and finally said, I'm done. You know, I'm done. And and she was a real source of love to me, Tony, even even when I wasn't lovable, you know, um, and, and I was kind of a wild kid. I'm 36 years sober, and uh, and and I, I and she was just a, a big part of my life. And and before she transitioned, I was with her literally the week before, three or four days before she transitioned. I wanted to be there when she did, but that was it was okay. She her kids were here and her grandkids were here. And, but she said to me, "Honey." Joey, she called me Joey. She said, you gave me the greatest gift. I read your book and I'm not afraid to die. Now, Christopher had told me and he adored Marsha. They loved each other. And he had said, you know, Pop, when she crosses, I'll be there. But so will Jerry, Billy, the whole family. He said, I promise she won't be alone. And after she transitioned, he came through to me and said, you know, Dad, I promised you she, uh, I'd greet her. And, and Jerry, Billy, Bobby, name the, you know, all the siblings on the other side and my niece, Carrie, said we were all there. But then she had to go somewhere, like a spa. And when she came back, she was younger than when I even remember her as a kid. Now, I hadn't thought of this. This wasn't, that's why you know these things aren't of your making, because it's over my head. I didn't think of that. And what happened was, even though the cancer stayed with her body on this side, the trauma crossed over. So she had to go somewhere. What a loving way to put it. What woman doesn't want to go to a spa, right? Right. And yeah. and, and to 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 purge or cleanse her soul, not of sin, but of this 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 trauma. And then she rejoined the group. And I also believe from no, let's 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 knock it down from believe to no, uh, that you know when we see them, they're in what we consider their prime. Christopher tells me he'll always be twenty one. Marsha, who transitioned in her 70s, looked somewhere in her 40s, you know, she, and, uh, and I think, to be honest with you, when I go, I'm very happy with the guy I've become, Tom. So I think this is the age that I'll come through to the people that I love on this side, you know, with looking the way kind of I do, <laughs> gray hair, that nose and all, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, again, uh, I think it's... Uh when we go to the other side, it's what makes us happy that uh, that uh, is the person that we become in the life that we live. Uh, for me personally, I'd, I'd have a hard time because on one hand, I'd love to uh, be younger and stay yeah. that younger, but at the same time, mentally and in, in all other ways, I want to be this age because I I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah. And I, I wish I would have started this journey of... Uh, of metaphysics, you know, spirituality and looking for answers uh, from the beginning. I, and actually, I, I did begin the journey a long time ago. But like I said, I, I just never paid attention to it. And then all of a sudden, I see all these books coming out uh, uh, and all these mediums, you know, James Bond Prague and all Love these Bond people, Prague. all of them. And I'm, I think to myself, darn it, I missed the chance. I, I know all this already and I didn't write it down and stuff. But then... Um, I just think that things happen for a reason when they're supposed to, when they're supposed to, you I know what I was, I was just writing this morning and I was quoting uh, Mark Twain, who said that uh, good judgments, the result of experience, mm -hmm. which is generally the result of bad judgment. 
you know, so yeah. we learn from our mistakes, we change. And, and you know, I, I like me better at 65 than I did at 45, you know? Yeah. You know, I think it's that whole Jungian, you know, uh, you know, scholar, athlete, statesman, you know, uh, mentality, right. you know, and, and I don't mind being an old man, you know, I'm kind of grateful I get to be one, you know, you know, the Vegas odds weren't always in me making 65, believe me, you know. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think you and I come from the same world because I was reading up on you and are you still in, in mortgage world? I am. I've been, uh, I was a car dealer for many years and I'm a, I'm a mortgage broker. I, I absolutely love it. My daughter joined me in the business this year. Um, I'm blessed with a wonderful book of business and, and, you know, my own schedule, which is, you know, I'm pretty driven. So I, I love to work. I'll work until, you know, I make that step across and join Chris because that's just the way life's going to be. I love to work, you know, and, oh. and are you in mortgages? Is that what you I am actually, uh, well, I was, um, I was working as a mortgage underwriter for the longest time. My goodness. And, and yeah. And so let me I, send you a couple scenarios to look at for me. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I was working in that world and, and I have to tell you that um, I, I worked for corporate America I'm not a fan of corporate America. I never have been, um, and uh, I, I'm just, just gonna say that I've never been a fan of corporate America. So, but I, I played the game, and I, you know, paid my dues, and and got some experience under my belt. And then, an opportunity came for me working for a small mom and pop shop, and I worked for them nice. ten plus years. And when that came to an end, I decided to do this full time, nice. and now. I'm trying to get into being a writer and, and writing things and um, and I do this show, but I also have another show on my website, you know, uh, called Heart and Soul. And that's just me telling my thoughts from everything yes. I've learned and, and from the guests and whatnot. And one of the things you said was exactly one of my talks, which is uh, when you think of your mistakes, don't think of them as mistakes. Think of them as teachers because it's the same thing. Right. You know, we all learn from our mistakes. So. Right. I wouldn't change a thing, Tone. You know what I would? The only thing I would have changed is I had no idea when it was my dad's time. And he was, you know, a hardworking, wonderful man. Yeah. When it was just, I didn't realize he was going to leave me as soon as he did, or, or I would have spent more time. I, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I regret none of them you know, because they've all added up to this. And, and, you know, parents who've lost kids, and I've done it too, we recount Every argument, every bad decision, you know, if you read the book, you laugh about we sent him to a military school, which you're <laughs> a pretty, pretty funny situation. You know, we got him out and brought him home and, and, you know, but the mistakes kind of haunt us and we just got to let go because they're great now. Whoever we're grieving, you know, grieve you and me, man, because they're great. The term blissful comes up all the time. You know, so, um, you know, I talk to parents all the time, Tony. Um, I just got a wonderful email from a, a woman whose fiance just can't get going after losing uh, his boy. And, and he's a guy's guy. And, and we're going to connect and talk. And, 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 and that's part of the giving it away to keep it stuff, you know, that, you know, it, you know I, I live my life two ways, two ways that I, I want to please my God which was never my intention before and make my son proud. And if those two tenets, if I follow those, I can't go wrong. Right. 
And, and, and I always say to people, you know, don't feel sorry for me. You know, I, you know I, none of this is about wanting anybody to feel sorry. I said, I got the greatest job in the world for 21 years. I got to be Christopher's father on this side. And when my time comes to cross, he's going to greet me. I'll be with him and the rest of my family on another go round, right? So, right. you know, you know, if God can't, I live the life beyond my wildest dreams, Tom. And I got one of my, my wife of, of, of 30 years, uh, you know, we've, uh, a woman of my dreams, I love my kids, the one on the other side who I just adore. You know, I've had a couple of nice careers and done better than I was ever entitled to or should have. And, and the bottom line, God taps me on the shoulder and says, pal, time to go. I'm good because I know what's coming and it ain't bad. Right. Um, so I, I know the title of the book that we're talking about, uh, at least the We're Not Done Yet pop came from Christopher. Yeah. Uh, what do you think he meant by that? And what made you decide to put that in the title? Of the That's book? a brilliant question. Thank you for that. So the, so I was finishing the first book, which is my search for Christopher on the other side. And I never intended to write a book. I was documenting all these medium visits and taking notes. I expected to be sitting on a porch sometime with a cigar, rocking in a rocking chair, reviewing these to say close my boy. I didn't know, but as the Greeks would say, man plans in God's lap, you know. And so as I was finishing the first book, every keystroke, every 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 paragraph, Chris was with me on this book. And uh, and as I was finishing the first book, I was feeling melancholy, which is a good Irish term, isn't it? Melancholy. Uh, because I thought, wow, will this connection end with this project, right? And and he knew that. He sensed that. He said, we're not done yet, Pop. You're going to be doing this. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll be doing this until you cross. You know, we'll be doing this together until you cross. And and all of a sudden it was like a, a weight was lifted that I know that, you know, along with writing a whole bunch of mortgages, you know, the rest of my life is going to be of service to parents who've lost kids or people who've lost significant others and honoring my son and getting his words out there. They're not mine. They're his. And there's, they're from the other side, which makes them kind of sacred, you know. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, that's what the reasoning of the the, the 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 story was, is that and this is, you know, I'm doing I'm writing book three right now. I was working on it this morning and 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 it's just a part of my life. It's like breathing now, you know, right. and, and, you know, doing interviews and talking to groups. I'm 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 honored to be able to be on with you and have you share this with your people. You know, and maybe somebody's going to know that, you know, Susan Giesman, who's brilliant. I love yes. Susan Giesman, medium author, mm -hmm. straight up and down like six o'clock. She was commander in the Navy. You know what I mean? She's yes. an amazing woman. Just, and I adore her. And, uh, and, I had a, and she read Chris for me one time. Just, you know, she said, let's, I'm going to call you tomorrow and we're going to go read. And Chris came through. And, because everybody does what Susan Giesman tells them to do, <laughs> including, <laughs> including spirit, right? So, yeah. so you know, so, you know, her, her one title of her book is that, you know, still right here, you know, and, and that's the message. If, if, if you said to me, Joe, give me a message for my audience. It's like still right here. Whoever's lost is still right here. They're accessible, you know, but you got to do your part, right? You got to do things to raise your energy. I never, I never uh, uh, meditated before Christopher transition. I didn't know what meditation really was. I'm kind of a, a type personality, you know, so, but my times, you know, I 
meditating is a big part of my life and it helps me connect with him. All of it, the, the candles, the sage, the, you know, the, the crystals, the, all of it you know, becomes part of a ceremony that raises my level of consciousness, raises my energy. Then he lowers his, and we meet in the middle and, and we connect. And That's it's wonderful. it's magnificent, you know. Yeah, and it, it gives you, um, you know, just like you, uh, and uh, being that we both come from the same world, uh, the before life, so to speak, for me anyways, yeah. um, you know, uh, meditating really, I mean, I was the worst. Uh, I did my best to try to meditate and I'd fall asleep yeah. every time. And every time I try to meditate, I'd fall asleep. I was so disappointed with myself, but I couldn't help it. That, that's what I knew about meditation. And then, so, you know, I kept listening to, uh, you know, guidance from other people. Oh, just clear your mind and I say, yeah, sure, I can do that, you know, in a heartbeat, sure, why not? But it, it finally took me three years, three years yeah. to finally meditate. But I, I have to tell you that uh, it does help connect. But uh, the reason being is because I think we find that inner peace. And I have to tell you that no matter what comes into my life, knock on wood, I'm able to remain calm. Yeah. I can, I have a inner peace that I just can't explain. And that- You can feel it. I can feel your your peaceful energy right now. I mean, to be honest with you, you calm me down. I'm, you know, it's a gift that you have that, that I can feel that. You know, and that is a gift. Yeah, and and uh, it, it's it's wonderful. I mean, it, it, I'm glad, and and you're right that that gift that uh, you that I have, I I can share, and and I what you and I are doing right now yeah. is we're sharing our passion and our purpose with people. Our experience, our experience, strength, and hope. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I really think that that also gives us an inner peace that we've never met before. I know I'm on a path that I'm supposed to do. I know what what I'm doing. When when this was first starting, I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. You know, he was he was taking me out to the metaphysical woodshed a few times and saying, Pop, you gotta do this. You know, this is this is what you're supposed to do. And 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 the bottom line is there's very there's nothing I can recall that I wouldn't do for my son. So if he wanted me on this path because he knows it's best for me and maybe help a few people out there Then I'm on it. And that's what I'm going to do until it's my time. That's right. So uh, like you were telling me before, this is your second book. Your first yeah. book was my search for Christopher on the other side. Correct. Um, what's the difference between the first book and the second book? Um, the first book was really kind of a how to for dummies, right? Uh, a boots on the ground, blue collar guide, and my story of, of, you know, trying to find my way to, to, to this metaphysical door that was open for me. Um, the second is, you know, I've been doing this six years, right? You know, Christopher transitioned January 3rd, 2016, six years. And I'm about ankle deep, you know, of knowledge. There's so much more, but there were many, your Van Prague mentioned it and, and, uh, uh, John Holland, you talk about thin places. And so that was a big part of the second book and finding the thin places and explaining to people what thin places are, helping them connect through thin places, you know, past life regression. There's so much more, you know, the third book, I'm, I've just kind of scraped the surface of past life regression. It's my, it's something I'm really trying to um, I work on for the third book. So I think the first book was the story. And the second book, I think, 
is is healing lessons for people who've lost kids, you know. And yeah. and the bottom line is that we continue to grow and and learn and know, you know. Uh, I think it's like any great, and and I will tell you this in all humility, they're two of the best books out there in the metaphysical because a every word is is true, you know, not embellished, not you know. Somebody was doing a, 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 a screenplay and said something about. Well, we might embellish this. I said, I will burn down the studio before I let anybody embellish it. I said, I talked to my son who's on the other side. How much more embellishment, you know, what, what kind of embellishment do you need to that subject? You know, so everything is true. So I really believe that if somebody here in your audience has lost somebody, you know, go to Amazon, get the first book, you know, and, and it, and then the second one, they're both on Kindle and paperback and they just came out with the second book just came out in audible and a guy named Doug Green wrote it and I'm so read it and I'm so pleased the way he 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 reads it because it feels like me talking and I'm so grateful for that you know that I I think uh, I think it's going to bring some peace and maybe some answers you know and, and I'm sure you know, he keeps telling me Chris you know, in the second book you're not an expert and I'm full far from it you know um but I'm following the breadcrumbs and I'm kind of reporting back on the progress and telling you what I've learned and, and what maybe might bring a little peace to some of your heartbreaking souls that are out there. Cause you know, anybody who said time heals all wounds, Tony never lost a kid. Right. It, mm. it, it'll never go away. You know, my heart, there's a movie called Manchester by the sea and the woman quoted perfectly. She lost kids in a fire and she said, my heart was broken. It'll always be broken. Now, that doesn't mean I can't be a good father, husband, provider, you know, but I do that all with a little piece of my heart broken and and in my eyes, you know, half the time on the other side. And it's fine. It works perfectly for me. You know, I live a fulfilled, happy life. I just miss my son in, in the flesh. That's all. Right. And, and you know, that, that brings me to a question that I was going to ask you that uh, actually, I don't know why. I didn't ask it, but I'm going to ask now. Mm -hmm. So I know that uh, you got help writing this book from your son, Christopher. So it becomes, it is a representation of your son. It is your son. It is precious. It is, it is so important to you. So how do you deal with people on this side trying to help you put the book out and, you know, editors and voiceovers and whatever? Is it that difficult for you to let go or, or allow them to help you? Um, the first book was challenging. You know, um, I, Christopher sent me to Lisa Haggett as an agent and I just, my name just kept going back to her or my, my eyes kept going back to her on, you know, I met with a bunch of authors and said, how do you get this stuff published? And I met with her and then, uh, so she said, I'll represent you. And then we sent it out to some houses and I kept getting letters, which were shocking to me. Why wouldn't anybody want to print this? And she said, you know, I have my own, my own publishing company and my partner and I are going to print this. Um, and so when it came to second, it was easy. She was amazing. And she understands Chris. I was emailing her today. I, I forwarded her a note that somebody sent me that was very heartfelt. And I said, you know, you know, we're, we're doing our job, you and I. And then this time I, there was another Lisa who was, who became my editor. And I just adored the way she worked. The, the first book, 
the editor was okay, but we weren't in sync. So I'd push back and pretty much just take back the whole thing. And the second book uh, was almost like a collaboration with this wonderful woman, single mom, grew up bright, healthy, wonderful. And we did a, a magnificent job. And so uh, she's already on board for the third book. You know, when, when there's things I need editor editing for whatever, you know, I send it to her and we, you know, I have a golf outing every year in Christopher's honor. And she actually drove in from Cleveland to, to go to the outing, which is really overwhelming. And I was very grateful. Yeah. Did you ever have doubts about, you know, the information you were getting from the mediums uh, about Christopher? I mean, did, you know, um, for a split second, yes. did you ever think, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Why am I even going down this road? Of course, I had doubts, you know. Um, when, when he first came through, it was that first year anniversary. And I was meditating, doing all the things and listening to a guided meditation. And all of a sudden, he started coming through and 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 started talking about what heaven was like. You're not going to believe the colors and, and the air and it's warm and, and it's love. It's like love air. And I'm like, you know, and I just happened to have a legal pad in front of me. And I just started writing it down. And I'm like. Holy cow, did I just leave the reservation here? What the heck is all this about? <laughs> so I actually, after a number of those, I took it to a friend of mine who's a medium, Andrew Anderson. I'm going to tell you a great story about Andrew. And he said, oh, no, that's him. You know, Thomas John talked about a, an episode that I had. He said, well, that, that, on that day, Christopher actually walked through you. You know, And so the, I got these wonderful affirmations from these pros, right? You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a rookie, and these guys are pros, and they're saying no doubt. So the first... I believed it. I, I believed in the afterlife. I talked to the woman that I talked to 16 years ago, told me things right after Chris drowned that I didn't know until I got back to the police report. Right. And so it was very validating, but I wanted to see a medium in person. So I looked up, it was actually out Bob Olson, who wrote a wonderful book. And there was a website that, that ranked mediums in your area. And I, so I looked up this guy, Andrew Anderson, and he's about 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from me. I said, all right, make an appointment. So that day I did two things. The day I was going to go see him. One is I had ordered shamrock seeds and, uh, and, and they had arrived. And another thing is I, this, this, on this, on my bracelet right here is a, a leather bracelet that Christopher got for me when we were in Disney world, when he was six, 1999. And, uh, and it was in my drawer for 16 years. And I put it on, uh, I put it on my wrist. Now I had moved them from one grave over to another. And that's, that's in the first book. So you, you like the story. When, when the snow, you know, we had buried them and they don't put the stone into the snow, you know, the ground gets soft. So this mm -hmm. is, you know, we buried them January 8th of, of, uh, in, 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 in winter in, in, in Illinois. So when the snow melted, they had, even though I had bought three plots for me and my, my buddy Michael bought three for his family, they buried him next to another couple. So it looked like he was their kid. And I was not going to have any of that. So after a tug of war and writing a check, we moved them over one. And I'm going to occupy that spot, right? Mm. And so so here it is, June 30th, of 2016. And and the ground around his grave is was loose, the dirt, because they had interred him just a couple of weeks before. So I was planting these shamrocks. And then I went and saw Andrew. I walked in to see Andrew in his office. And he said, uh, your son's here. He explained some things about his personality. He said, you know, your family celebrated something last night on the other side. What was it? It was Sally and my wedding anniversary, 25 years at the time. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. 
He said, Christopher acknowledges that you're wearing the brace that he gave you. And he acknowledges that you planted something in his grave. That's the moment, Tony. I went from believing to knowing. And at, at that point, I never looked back. Six months in, I never looked back. That's amazing. And that yeah, it is. What would you tell parents? Uh, what's your advice to parents or, or your heartfelt feelings uh, that you would tell parents that have lost a child? That they're not gone. You know, they're there. You got to do your part. You know, there's a, I don't look like a guy that would quote Haruki Murakami, <laughs> but he said, and once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what storms are all about. So our parents, we've walked through this storm, right? right. And, we, and you got to change. And my whole priority changed. You know, my number one job in my life was always taking care of my kids. So I'm keeping that same responsibility for the one that's on the other side. And, and how I take care of him is get his message out. So all I got to say is do whatever you got to do to learn the lessons, learn from guys like me who walked a few paces ahead of you, figure out how to connect, check out mediums, do it online, look, you know, get referrals, could join a place called like Helping Parents Heal. I've presented there. You know, do what you got to do to connect and then buckle up because your kids aren't gone. You know, it's nowhere near, by the way. It stinks. It's a bad trade. I would much rather be abysmally ignorant of all things metaphysical and be able to go play golf with my kid this afternoon, my son, right? But you can't unring that bell. So what are you going to do? So it's the only game in town. And it's so much better than thinking that he's gone. I know he's with, he's with me right now. I feel him with a chill around my neck when he's around. So he's, you kind of brought him forward right now. Thank you for that. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I do feel that presence. Yeah. Um, so life in general, what would you say that uh, we should be doing in life? I mean, how should we be living life, you know, in general? What are your thoughts on that? Um. Henry James once said that three things are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. You know, we're all going to have a life review. You know, do you want to review something of you being harsh or selfish? Or do you want to review where you pulled over and helped somebody on the side of the road who was in distress or gave a couple of bucks to somebody on the side because they need it? You know, so my advice is, is, you know, take this heartbreak that you've got, that we've all had, right? Mm -hmm. And find a way to make this world better because of it in little ways, in little ways, you know? Um, you know, I really believe that uh, the, the, the quote that said, uh, uh, that goodbyes are for those who love with their eyes, for those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And that was from a 16th century poet, Rumi. So this new age, it's only new to you and me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's uh, funny that you say that uh, because uh, in the connections that I've had with people from the other side, they always seem to bring up not big events that people did uh, to help them in their lives. They always want to acknowledge 
someone just saying hi to them or, or treating them with kindness or treating them with respect when they most needed it. So it's yeah. always the small little things that make a big impact in someone's life and you never know. You never know. So I agree with you. I mean, yeah, me too. Be kind to, to everyone. Um, do you think you, well, I think you answered this question already. Do you think you found your calling? Yeah. You know what? It is my calling. Um, it's something to do. I'll do until I cross. And, and for me, it, it, I, I, I wouldn't know how to, to, to manage my day if there wasn't some sort of task that involved the metaphysical, whether it's talking to you, writing the book, you know, dealing with parents and, and helping parents heal Zoom line, um, you know, whatever it is, making a call to somebody who lost a kid, you know, that's, I feel more fulfilled when I'm doing that and more in spirit, you know, um, than, I, than I ever did doing anything else. It's, it's a whole lot better than hitting a home run tone, I promise. Right. Well, wonderful. Um, if you were granted three wishes, what would you wish for? Oh, goodness gracious. What a great question. One is, I would wish for Christopher's words to be out there globally, kind of like a, like a beggar Vance, you know, when that book was discovered. Yes. Um, because I think it brings uh, healing and health. Um, uh, I would wish for uh, to, to, that when I transition, that, that my legacy, you know, carrying Christopher's words will heal other people. Um, and that I could just continue to do more good in this world um, for the sake of pleasing my God and making my son proud. Hmm. Beautiful. And for, the, and for the final wish? Give it to somebody who needs it, Tony. I got everything I need. <laughs> Wonderful. Good answer. <laughs> Well, Joe, I want to really thank you for taking the time to talk to me and to talk to my uh, viewers and listeners. Um, I know that your story and your son's story uh, will touch someone's heart and will help heal hearts and provide answers. So thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Thank you, Tony. Thank you.